Hello! And welcome back to This Is Not A History Lecture. How are you doing today, Kat? I'm good. How are you? Um, I mean, we just talked about how I was. Yeah, so. I was about to say, um, we just, for this It's been like were, 45 minutes. Yeah, we set up the mics and had them like set up and going. And yeah. I realized that we had talked for, like not even intentionally, like we didn't record or anything, but we talked for the last like 45 minutes about yeah. what's happened in like the last 12 hours of our lives. Yeah. Kat and I joke all the time about how like... Even though we see each other so much, we still have so much to talk about. Every time we see each other, we're like, oh my because God. Because we're like, oh my God, so much has happened. You would not believe this. <laughs> and like trying to hear me and Kat like get through one of the stories. It's, there's like 50 tangents. <laughs> and we have, we have to be like, focus, focus. Okay, focus. I have to we finish the story. <laughs> story. And then we can get to this story. And uh, you can tell probably from our tangents on this show sometimes right? that like, we both have the brain that like jumps subjects like uh-huh, uh-huh. they're connected but they're not obviously connected so. yeah the hard part is just remembering to go back to go back to and finish <laughs> the previous thing yeah like when you like you're on tiktok and you're scrolling through the videos and then you go to a video in the comment and then you uh-huh, go to the video uh-huh. in that comment and then you realize that you have to unscroll out of every right, single like, back, video back, back, back. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's like what we have to do and then you're like don't remember where you started like, oh no which yeah. one of these videos did i not finish watching i always way? do those when it's like the people like rating the states like one through 50 on like random things i did that there's one guy who does a lot of them but the one i was watching the other day was like rating the states on their state motto and i was like this is awesome i was like i just need to know where texas is (laughs) i mean isn't our motto like friendship isn't it yeah i don't remember i think it is i think that's also partly while i was watching it because i was like what is texas i think it's friendship I, i at least that's like our state I, I feel like that sounds right. Which is really ironic. Yeah. Um, Hold on. People here don't care about each other that much as I thought they did. Yeah. COVID has taught me that. Um, yeah, it's just friendship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Tennessee's is agriculture and commerce. <laughs> like, that's the motto? That's your motto? It, it, like, that's oh. like That's like what you like. Put on all your stuff. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, no, I'm doing good. It's been a good week. Um, oh, and I think Utah's is just industry. <laughs> just industry. I mean, I, we can't say much. It's friendship. It's friendship. Like, ours is friendship. But at least but... it's not industry, which I think is so hilarious because it's like, what is Utah mo- known for? Not industry. Not industry. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. How was, your, how was work today? Good. Um... I had this, like, really fun group of ladies come in, and I'll oh, tell you it details about them later, but, like, it, yeah. they were just, like, super energetic and fun and actually interactive, and it's always, like, such a nice thing. If you go to, like, tours and museums and stuff, and it's obvious that your tour guide is trying to, like, tailor this to your interests yeah. and, you know, interact with you, not just, like, some tour guides literally just want to talk at you and mm-hmm, keep going, and that's mm-hmm. fine, but, like, the ones that want to interact with you and talk with you, like please interact and talk with them. It makes our lives so much better and more entertaining and less awkward. And you don't Mm -hmm. feel like you're just randomly talking at someone for like however long your tour is. So that was super fun. Um, Good. I do have some other stuff to tell you about. Um, I do want to make the disclaimer that I was, I made a terrible decision yesterday to watch. Oh yes. Wait. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about your iPad. Oh no. (laughs) I'm so excited about that. Um, No, that, if you don't know today's topic already, it's the oh, haunted that's right, houses, that's right. mystery houses. Oh yeah, I guess we should say so. Today, thirty-five themed yes. episode, October first, October episode. We decided. So we decided to do historic houses that are 
spooky to, in yeah, some way. haunted just spooky just spooky I, like it's debated if either of them are haunted really mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. some people don't believe in that at all mm-hmm. but i made the terrible choice of watching a movie based on my house that is like <laughs> oh the scary movie <laughs> while i was in a haunted house and i was like ah this is stupid yeah you told me that last night and i was like you did that in the house? I knew. I, I Where the like, ghosts are? I got like 20 minutes in and then my laptop, like the the sound muted itself and unmuted itself twice oh. without any, like I didn't touch anything on my laptop. I just did it on its own while I was watching that. And I was like, okay, never mind. That's I because the TV Miss Lady of the house was like, don't watch this. Don't watch that in the sense. She's like, I don't want to watch this shit. <laughs> I'm just like telling myself that it was like a weird frequency. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways, for sure. But that's, that's, that's how was. my week was. And... Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah, my week was okay. I had I my the museum that I work at, mm-hmm. that we both work at, had like a public deliberation for oh, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Did you get paid for that? Yeah, hundred okay. bucks. Really mad because if I'd known that was an option ahead of time, I would have asked right? off my other job to make a hundred bucks. I know. Before. And, and they handed fed, right. You got yeah. Lunch. And they handed me the gift card as I walked out the door. I thought it was gonna like be mailed to me or something. Oh dang. Yeah, but no, it was really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the people that we work with, who is just a sweetheart, um, she was, like, the facilitator of my table, so it was, like, really good. Oh, cool. Um, and also at my table was a lady who, someone in her family, invented, not invented, but modified the formula for Twix for the American market. So invented the American Twix, invented, like, a butt-ton of flavors for Starburst, huh. and invented Skittles. Interesting. And close to the end of his life, invented mini M&Ms. Or at least was like working on mini M&Ms. Whoa. Wow. Was working on mini M&Ms and like left most of the project done. And then he passed away. Oh my gosh. Isn't that... That's so cool. That's like really... I'm like, what? So like niche things. Yeah. Oh, met this He also apparently like knew the Beatles before they were big. Oh. Because they were from England. That's really cool. Like, what? I was like, who are you, lady? And now she works in, like, a local... She's the executive director of, like, a local art thing. Oh, cool. Oh. Yeah. Okay, um, yeah. I, I probably know what... You probably know. About. We only have, like, one or two of those in town. Yeah. Well, they're having an event one of the weekends in October, and I said, maybe I'll volunteer. Um, Interesting. Because she seems like a nice lady to know. Yeah. You know? And I was just like, what's happening? Like, That's so cool. That was cool. And when you spend six hours at a table with someone... Um, yeah, you get to know them. You get to know them. And I was like, I'll talk to this lady about her arts thing. Yeah. Maybe I'll volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's also like my one free weekend in October. Yeah, gotta love that. <laughs> um, I have so much going on. I know, October is crazy. Busy. Speaking of, I'm going to be out of town next weekend. I'm sorry. I forgot that until very recently. Oh. Okay. For ACL. So we're oh, going to have to... record. Yeah, we're going to have to figure that out. Okay. Or we can do... We'll talk after this. We'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, we'll details. figure it out. Um, um, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't... That didn't even occur to me because I thought it was a couple weekends from now. But no, this is weekend one. Okay. And weekend two is next weekend. Okay. So I'm really excited to go, though. Tyler, the creator, is going to be there. Which nice. he wasn't there originally. So... Nice. But Stevie Nicks dropped it, which was sad. That is sad. But it's okay, Well, Tyler. that makes me realize, you know, it always gets crazy in October because... We are now halfway through the semester, mm-hmm. which is terrifying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means like everything's going to kick up in earnest, and I know, I know. nutcracker and everything. I'm like, okay, guys, no. The to fall the is always so freaking. And it's because we don't have any easy. holidays until yeah. Thanksgiving and then Christmas right next mm-hmm. to each other, and it's like 
I know. And then the chaos. spring just seems like it like drags, drags on forever. for so long. But yeah. Anyway. No. Yeah, so, so yeah. All of, all of that to say is I've been, uh, last night was interesting, but I was telling Kat that. Um, we went to good old fashioned honky tonk here. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you have like the ability to ability to recount everything that happened play by play because yeah I I, I was not there I was not yeah at the bar no Cat like, wasn't there and I I had I, to uh, I had to update her I on, feel like I got the full story like I, yeah. I feel like I was there you, you know feel like you, you were just there. did so well recounting everything <laughs> thank you thank you it did it's, take like forty five minutes for us to get yeah all the way it's good that I remembered everything yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what I was I was, thinking uh, too. I was like wow. yeah I. I Drank in moderation last night. Pretty. So I was, you know, taking it easy. Nice. I didn't want to have another, like, not, not, I only do that if I'm home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because then I can just walk up to my bed and not have and to worry about someone dropping me off, picking my car up, like all that kind of stuff, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, no. Uh, so that was, um, I finally remembered to, if a guy hits on me, to have them buy me a drink. <laughs> and I didn't even get to freaking drink it through a series of events so you know probably better that you didn't drink it you know i did think that i did have that thought i was like it might be best that i didn't have that last that that last yeah well it was funny because he they didn't come i got a rum and coke and i told Mm -hmm. him i was like i'll take a double rum and coke and he's like okay he brings it to me. I had like I had had two from this bar oh, at that he point. He brought it to you. He brought it to me, which I also was like, "That's that, kind of sus." Unless the bartender yeah. hands it to you. I didn't want to go to the bar with him. I was just like fair. sending him away. I was like, maybe I'll disappear. I'll go. <laughs> um, but he brought it to me and he like held it up and dropped a cherry in it. And I had had two of these at this point, and I know that they don't come with cherries. He so had he to had ask to for ask it. for a cherry. <laughs> And amazing, I was like, amazing. Oh. <laughs> amazing. Damn, maybe I wish I was there. Oh that my god, Kat, you would have gotten a kick out of it. I, was, I wouldn't have known what to make of it. I would have just stared at him and be like, what I feel you like do? you would be dying. I was like faced away from the people I was with, and I can't imagine like what they were. Like, I wish like, I had Kaylee's seen, really like, gonna go dance with this I guy? really wish I had seen their like reaction because, oh my god, dude. Um, amazing. So. Yeah. Anyway, so that was that was hilarious. But I have to I have to keep that in mind more. If a guy mm. hits on me, I have to have him buy me a drink. I have to take advantage of them. Mm. Obviously, my mom's gonna hear me say that to me like oh, Kaylee. You need to be nice to yeah. people. <laughs> she did tell me she's like, oh, you beat me to that boy, and I was like, he was weirdo. <laughs> See, I've I've never had a guy offer to buy me a drink or anything. You also don't like go out a lot. I, I don't do yeah. bars a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like, have you heard that like? long-standing thing about like i'd rather meet at a guy at a bookstore make him buy you a book instead of a drink i would do that that is you cat that's like you as a person yeah (laughs) that's like your personality (laughs) just like linger around bookshops no i don't Or like one of the bookshops that have ooh, like want a drink one of the yeah one of the bookshops that have like the cafes in there oh yeah like oh you can buy me a coffee yeah well we'll talk about yeah coffee the new jim crow like (laughs) (laughs) that's the best book you can (laughs) Well, I always think because it's sitting on my shelf in there right now. Yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway, enough about random men hitting on me, which is also something that has only happened very recently for me, and it's when it rains, it pours. Apparently, all these weird men hitting on me. Love it. I don't even think we've told the people on the podcast about the Applebee's incident. 
I don't think we did. We don't have time for that today. Yeah, not today. Not we'll, today. We'll We're already 12 sparsing, minutes deep. Yeah, we'll start sparsing out Kaylee's love stories over the next <laughs> few weeks. I gotta keep going out so I'll have more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Kat, take it away. I Y'all, this is gonna be a good episode. We um, are both excited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be good. So... I am going to be talking about the Winchester Mystery House. I'm so excited. This place, I want to go so bad. I am dying. I was like, can I go out to San Jose just for the Winchester? Should we drive to California? Do you want mine? Yeah. I'll do it. We can take my roommate and chill. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. We, We should actually do that because... I, yeah, I've been to California, like, twice. I've think. never been to California. Well, I was born there, so well, my yeah. parents have, like... Yeah, they have connections. People, people so, yeah, reason but, to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, I've never... And I know that, like, it's probably gonna be expensive to give to to go through on a tour of the house, because they have, like, levels of tours, but I am going to splurge. I'm going to go on the deep tour. I know, I want to like, see every room in this freaking house. sometimes they do, like, night Oh, tours, I bet they like, do, oh I bet God. they do. <laughs> ah! So, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're ever inter- interested in going to see the Winchester Mystery Listen, House. Listen, because me and our one friend have talked about it going to California. I will... And she wants to go to Roswell. And I was like, I've been to Roswell. We can stop, stop by, by Roswell. It, yeah. Do a little road trippy. Yes. Heck yeah. <sighs> I'd do it. Let's, let's go. Let's just go right now. Let's skip school tomorrow. Let's stop and recording work. and leave. Okay. Bye, That's, everyone. Okay, 13 and this has not been a history <laughs> 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 Anyway, but... Uh. Um, yeah, it is open for tours and everything, and um, like I said, there's varied levels. I got a good bit of my information off of their website. They also have a really cool website, but I do want to make disclaimers about sources this time because oh, the sources for these are like weird. Yeah, these yeah. are not like credible. Like, mm-hmm. there's no .org on the end of this, or, right? Like, right. there is no yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when you get into like the ghost stuff. Yeah, you're and like, it's like oh, someone's boy. like random blog, and you're like, okay, yeah, okay, this will work. Well, then you realize that like all the sites you are reading like directly contradict each other, and you're like. Okay, so there's going to be some hedging there's in this definitely, episode. There's definitely, listen, there's a lot of urban legend that goes around. I feel like especially with the Winchester house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's a good chunk of it that says that that whole idea of her being kind of like Sarah Winchester kind of being like mm. not totally there mm-hmm. is a myth in and of itself. Like it's, oh. so it's very interesting. I'll I've never heard that. that. Yeah. 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 But there's like no primary sources. I'm, I'm sure Sarah Winchester like wrote to fa- friends and family. And then if I read those sources, you could be like, oh, she was not paranoid about this. She was not yeah. scared. Yeah at this but, but who knows maybe in like 20 years they'll find a letter from her saying like no i'm i'm completely sane or hey i'm completely sane but i'm building a super eccentric house so that in another hundred years people will think that i'm crazy you know like yeah hey maybe you know? maybe she was just like i want to keep because she was really good to her workers who worked in her house yes. right maybe she was just like i want to keep, keep these boys in clo- yeah, employed did. yeah and she did um, yeah she's a very philanthropic person uh-huh, um mm-hmm. but for those of you who don't know, go. Google yeah, I guess it. we should. We should. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, um, wait. Before we. Oh, sorry. Before we get into the weeds here, let's actually tell them what it is. What it is. Yeah. yeah. It's a Google it because it is beautiful and huge. It is massive. It's massive. It's this sprawling, huge house. It is a mm-hmm. Queen Anne style Victorian mansion. So it has all these gables and that like shingled side to it. It has little turrets and cupolas and all this other stuff. It is famous for not just being big, but just 
being as eclectic as it is. Mm-hmm. Later, I'll list some of the weird features this house has. Oh, but there I, oh I'm is so excited. No blueprint of this house. No. Sarah Winchester they, like, can't. never and made she, a blueprint. Yeah, she won't. She wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. she wouldn't. Um, and she literally just. Well, I'll get into how she Yeah, started. sorry. I also know about the story. I Not all the details because it's been a while since I've, like, heard anyone do it. But so if I, I butt in a lot, no, I, I apologize. Good. You're good. So this is a California historical landmark now. And it's on the National Register of Historic Places. It is owned privately. But you can get these tours. I would highly mm-hmm. recommend it if you're ever in the San Jose, California area. I can't speak from experience, but it just it looks so cool. I want to go so bad. I know. I That's, like, literally go to California top three things to do there. I know. Well, every, like, my hands friends, down. I told you that my friends went for one of my other friends' birthday party. They went to the National yeah, Valley. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Her, for mm-hmm. her 21st. And I was uh-huh. like, I don't have the money to go to California right now. But I was like, imagine me going on wine tastings. I don't I don't like wine. I don't yeah. like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, imagine me going on wine tastings. I would just leave them at the winery and I would just walk to San Jose. And no, literally. Go like, to the okay, ladies, I'll be back. <laughs> I'm going to go see some ghosties. Y'all have fun. Bye. Don't get too drunk. Yeah, I'll be back. See you in three days because I don't know how far uh, San Jose you, is from. I would need to get a ride. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, so California is very long. It is. It's very tall. Yes. So Sarah Lockwood Winchester is the widow of, you guessed it, the widow of William Wirt Winchester, as in the Winchester rifle or mm-hmm. the gun that won the West. Yep. She inherited a great deal from him. He died before the house was ever built or even started um, earlier in her life in 1881 from tuberculosis. Gotcha. He was only 43, Ooh. which is pretty young, even for the time period. Yeah. It left her with a great deal of wealth, and she was essentially an heiress. She got $20 million, which is worth something like between 500 and 550 million in today's money and 50% of the holdings for the Winchester Repeating Arms mm-hmm. Company. Mm-hmm. So she still had control of the company, company. Yeah. And let's put her like wealth in comparison with everyone else in the world. It makes her one of the wealthiest women in the world. Absolutely. At this time. Yeah. And she was known as the Belle of New Haven. She was very pretty. Um, she was a very accomplished young lady. She was from the East, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. she was like, she spoke multiple languages, wow. was musical. She like, is a very accomplished, accomplished young woman. Yeah. yeah. She's kind of that stereotype. That scene in Pride and Prejudice. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just add a few years post-regency, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and she was small too. She was probably, they think about 4'10". All of these women are like than 100 petite. Pounds. Yeah. Well, it's also, there's also it's something to t- be said nutrition and yeah, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Well, but, I know the, the lady of your house was super small like yes. that too. Yeah, yeah. She's very small. Mm-hmm. And she um, lost, their, they had a daughter, I think about four years after they got married. She mm-hmm. lost her daughter to an illness called mm-hmm. Marasmus, which is basically when your body kind of just gives out on you. Um, her The baby couldn't process calories or something. I think it... You can get Marasmus from multiple things. Interesting. But basically, she watched her child die of severe malnutrition, like starve to death. Uh, In 1866, only five weeks after she was born. Oh, that's rough. rough. Yeah. That's a hard five weeks, too. And then, you know, 15 years later, however long that was, she lost her husband, like I said before. That Mm -hmm. same year in 1881, right before her husband died, her father-in-law died. Leaving Yikes. her husband with the money for Winchester and all the inheritance from the uh-huh. Winchester company. Which went to which her. Which went to her when her husband died a mm. few weeks later. Because her husband had been sick with tuberculosis and complications for a while. Gotcha. So they knew he was sick. Mm-hmm. And he just, he held on for quite a while, apparently. 
And her own mother died that year. Oh my god. Well, no wonder she, like, lost it. Yeah. Like, Like, all of that at once. It's a ton. Yeah. And she kept the traditions of a mourning widow for pretty much the rest of her life. She was usually seen with a veil, Mm -hmm. full black mourning clothes, which was not uncommon in the Victorian period. Women, you were only, I think the widow's... The full mourning period was what, like two two years? Two years for a widow? Yeah. Um, I think it's a year for a direct family first cousins get into like the month increments mm, um mm-hmm. but you it wasn't uncommon for widows to choose to stay in black mourning for their yeah, whole lives yeah. and she did well the victorians were super dramatic so that also adds to <laughs> they, it they they were like they like to go big or go home they really did mm-hmm. that is a great way to define the victorians yeah. what a time what a time oh well, my and, god and you can't blame her for being reclusive and quiet either after all that happened no I just kind of you want to be like you know what it's just me myself and i and yeah, i'm just gonna absolutely yeah. Um, and we also don't have a lot of photographs of her. There's like one, mm-hmm. like there's a very famous, I don't know if it's a photograph or art rendering of her in her younger years, but in her later years, there's like one photo of her at the Winchester mm-hmm. house in the back of a carriage, I think. So mm. she didn't photograph a lot and she was a little bit superstitious. She did believe in spiritualism and other things like that. Um, you did a really great episode on spiritualism a while ago that really, you know, helps explain that. After I think the Civil there was War like 18 and, stuff, and 19 or something like that. Something yeah. like that. But after the Civil War, it was huge, too, because women were wanting to, like, know. Like, mm-hmm. like if, you ever, if half yeah. the country has lost their loved ones in war, you want to think that there's something you can yep. hold on to. You yeah. Know, a way to communicate And that was, like, them. the big reason why spiritualism took off as much as it did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a little bit of that. I mean, when you lose, like, your whole family, pretty much, you, mm-hmm. you know, you cope. And... This is not verified. This was debated, actually, on multiple sites that I visited. But the so-called story is that she visited a medium or that she may have visited a medium in hopes that she could commune with her husband or, you know, hear Mm -hmm. about him. And that conveyed from her husband or, as the medium told it, she needed to go build a house Mm -hmm. for herself and the people that had died because mm-hmm. of the guns from the Winchester Rifle yeah, Company. That that to me was so interesting, the fact that that median, mm-hmm. medium included... The guilt thing. Yeah. And it could have very From much... all of the people that had died. Yeah. Because again, right after the Civil War, You're what was of... the biggest rifle used in the Civil War? Well, and I think there's the discussion too about like... Guns have a very different context back then. Mm-hmm. They were a necessity, especially yeah. as, like, you're dealing with wildlife. You're dealing with yeah. building and, like, all this stuff mm-hmm. where you need guns for protection. They don't have the same implications that they have today. Yeah. But at the same time, knowing that you are, like, inheriting, like, that much from the biggest company that, mm-hmm. you know, it's Well, it I think, too, because it's also the money made off of the loss of life. Yeah. Right after the Civil War. Yeah. You know, or, or like, a couple, like, a couple de- decades later. Mm-hmm. But, like, as you said, the gun that won the West, think about how many, how people, many died people died yeah. from Winchester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, that's not even 100% verified. People don't seem to agree on if there even was a medium at all mm-hmm. or if mm-hmm. she just decided to move on her own. And that adds to part of this mystique around the house is that we really don't know what 100% yeah. know for sure what urged her to go do this. We don't mm-hmm. have a letter where she's like, I'm leaving because my medium told me to. Like, Right, know. right, yeah. Um, she There's also the discussion about, like, the median possibly having told Sarah that the spirits were so mad about the gun that they took her husband, daughter, mother, oh. and father-in-law that she thought she was oh. like cursed, you know, not just guilty, but that like, she's 
she's responsible and it, that was like the karma for interesting. it interesting yeah um which to explain why you, you almost look for an explanation like why you have so much loss in a short period mm-hmm. of time like i would want an explanation too yeah and maybe she built the house for herself and then just thought the ghosties would follow her i don't know yeah so, yeah um she heads west either way she gets to santa clara valley and decides that she's going to buy an eight-room farmhouse in 1884 called yanda villa it's, it's a double L, so I think it's Yanda Villa. But um, she, <laughs> also Emma, thank you for yes helping us with pronunciation. Our dear friend, Emma. our friend, she speaks Spanish, and she like was like, "Hey guys, this is how it's pronounced." Which I was fully expecting to get that text. I, know. Too. I, <laughs> I was, was like, I was like waiting for it. I was ready. I was, I like, was like saying all those mm-hmm. words, and I was like, "This is killing Emma." <laughs> yeah, she's trying to be like dying on the other side of the mic. Yeah. I, I sorry, Emma. Know. I took French. <laughs> I did neither of those. Um, yeah, and so. Yeah, she got about 140 acres of land for the ranch and another farmhouse for her family members to live in nearby, kind of like a side house, I think. Mm-hmm. She was also the <clears throat> owner of a houseboat near the bay. Some people said that she just had it because she was, like, wealthy and, you know, you could have a houseboat. Some people believe that she thought there was going to be a second great flood, like Noah's Ark, um, and that she would need it to escape in. I think that's probably just... People trying to yeah, think she's feed off the feed off the hysteria. Ooh, the she's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she never contacted an architect or hired a professional to design her house. Instead, she just keeps adding to this eight-room farmhouse mm-hmm. over and over and over again. She keeps adding until the mansion is seven stories high at its highest point. Mm-hmm. And since she wasn't using a master plan or standardized building codes, it's that she can do it if she wanted. Yeah. Like ADA, yeah. who like you know, right? Um, and there's crazy weird things like you know doors and stairs to nowhere etc one of the things that i don't understand this house is that in a lot of it she chose to use redwood because she preferred it but she didn't actually like how it looked so she would paint over it Mm. so most of this house has like a staining or a veneer or a paint over the wood i don't know if she thought maybe redwood like was sturdier and just didn't like the look of it or what but maybe it was a that she liked the cost i don't know i don't yeah i have no clue i guess there are a lot of redwoods woods in California, right? Or no, that's up California, near, like Chicago. I don't know. I don't. I mean, they talk about the old I'm, redwoods in California. Yeah, I'm not which a also that would be like also top three place to go to that national yeah. park. Oh, amazing. Yeah, maybe she just had redwood available to her. Yeah, but I'm not sure if anyone knows how many rooms there were when this house was at its peak. Um, the, yeah, right now. They're at 160 bedrooms. Because that's not the most it ever had, right? Because mm-hmm. she would... I mean, are you going to get to this? She yeah, would, like, tear true. stuff down and then well, rebuild. Not, yeah, mm-hmm. partially. There was an earthquake. Oh. Yeah. Okay, um, okay. So, at its peak, we aren't sure. But they're estimated... Right now, there's 160 bedrooms Jesus Christ. alone. That's, like, what you go... on, Like, when you first get The Sims... And that's, like, and, yeah. the house you build when you first yeah. get the Sims. Well, and they kept finding rooms. And when they yeah. first obtained the house, they were, like, they would open, I think they, like, like recently found a room. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, and they've opened more rooms to the public over the last few yeah. years. But they were, like, oh, there's this, like, kitchen cupboard leads to... Yeah, literally. Uh, like, yeah, it's crazy. Oh, my God. Ugh. It's amazing. And um, I'm curious if anyone ever knew other than her if that was kind of part of the secret. And... There's a lot of reports on why she decided to build the house. So the common one is that she thought it would be a maze, that the ghosts mm-hmm. couldn't find her if she made the house too confusing. The ghosts, because of her husband's guns, would just come after her. And she was trying to 
hide them in hide in the layout of her home. Yeah. The legend that like that narrative shows up and is popularized by a book by a prominent uh called Prominent American Ghosts, I believe. But it doesn't help that when those rumors were showing up early, um, it doesn't the sorry, the uh early rumors of, you know, ghosts in the house and everything like that. Sarah never really refuted them. Like, she didn't care to tell the media, like, no, I'm totally fine. Like, I just like yeah. this crazy house, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I mean, as, like, one of the richest people in the world, of course she's getting attention. Yeah. yeah. And as a woman uh, living alone, which is already uh-huh. a big enough thing, I'm sure people were looking for gossip about her, right, too. Right, right, yeah. And I kind of... I kind of wonder how much she believed in spiritualism because there mm-hmm. are the claims that, you know, she had her own seance rooms and that when she would commune with the dead, they told her how to build the house, which yeah. is a rumor too, that she mm-hmm. would do what they instructed her, which is why, you know, you have stairs that lead into the ceiling and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, you know, if she believed that level of spiritualism that you can really commune with them, that seances allow you mm-hmm. to talk back and forth, or if she just thought, Oh, maybe their presence is near or not. Yeah. I can't communicate right. or whatever. Right. There's, there's levels. And or maybe she was just like smoking that peace pipe and just was yeah, like, was I'm going to build. And she's like doing her seance and then she got like, you know, incense and stuff. She's yeah. like, I'm going to build a stairway to nowhere. Yeah. That sounds, I'm going to build 13 of them because. Well, and when <laughs> and she owned the, she owned the 50% of shares. So she was still making, making mo- she's making money. She's making roughly, I think what would be about a thousand for her, which is about 27,000 a day for us. Holy she, crap. She's even a thousand money. a day. Oh my I, god. I know. I can't even imagine. Right? Jeff Bezos is laughing. I know. That's what he gets in like 30 seconds. 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um, But some people also say that she was under the belief that as soon as she stopped building, she would die. I did. I've heard that too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I found that one really interesting. But um, the construction never truly ended. Not until she did actually die. There are some people that claim it went on to work continuously throughout all the years, but there are reports and implications from her letters that there were times when she'd just be like, stop construction. We're going to let it sit for a while. We're going to, you know, so she'd mm-hmm. have a couple months at a time where people weren't working on it. Gotcha. So the idea of continuous construction isn't quite what mm-hmm. we think it is. Yeah. Um, she was always planning more like to come back. And so she always intended for it to be under constant construction. Yeah. And I went on the official website and found the bare, bare logistic numbers. 24,000 square feet. Jesus. 24,000 square feet. 2,000 doors. Jeez. You know what? 160 bedrooms. Guess, I'm going to have a guessing game with you. Guess how many skylights? Oh, oh, I've heard all these statistics. I, I have. Um, I don't know, like 27? 52. 52. How many stairways and fireplaces? I think there's 13 of both of those. 47. 47? 47. Oh my god. I know. How many chimneys? This one does not line up with how many fireplaces there are. Is it 13? It's 17. 17. I I don't... I keep saying 13 because there's it's 13... It's bathrooms. It's bathrooms. It's bathrooms. Gotcha. So 13 bathrooms. Yeah. Six kitchens. Um, six kitchens. Built at the time for $5 million in 1923. The equivalent for us... $71 million. Yeah. Dude. So, like, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah. You also have... Again, it's like that first house you built in The Sims. Nothing makes sense. <laughs> There's just, just a there. million bedrooms. <laughs> For no reason. For no reason. Yeah. Um, include This house includes over 10,000 windows. Oh, my God. 10,000. Jeez. 
there's literally a window. Imagine like, her electricity bill. Imagine the the current the electricity current, bill. The current AC bill. I'm yeah. sorry, like, oh my god. Oh my god. Good and thing this, they live in California. <laughs> right? There is actually a window by Tiffany, as in like Tiffany and like oh, wow. the Tiffany. Yeah. And it was designed so that it would cast this like rainbow across the room, like a stained glass prism almost. Wow. Um, it's on an interior wall. Yep. It, there's no access to sunlight. Yep. You know what? That makes that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm not sure if she installed it on an interior wall because she was just a little eccentric or if maybe she installed it on an exterior wall and then, and then built. later built a I think that's probably what it. happened yeah that would be my guess too mm-hmm. because that happens a lot windows yeah. into other rooms were common in this house so uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's yeah it makes sense that you know you don't plan to build another room onto the room until you run out of room to build the other room mm-hmm. you know yep so um there are secret passages and hallways mm-hmm. all over the place that, like I was talking about earlier. That Can you imagine working there and like getting lost? No, I can't. Well, apparently when she she had to carry a bell with her for yeah. her servants because they would never know where she was. Uh-huh. And you couldn't yell like, I'm in the conservatory. Right. Because there's probably like 10 conservatories and <laughs> right? there's probably no way the to find your way one. up there. Yeah. <laughs> so she would ring a bell and they would just have to like walk through the house until they found the bell. Oh my God, that's crazy. I love it. And, um... So earlier when I joked about the, you know, opening a kitchen cupboard and finding a room. Mm-hmm. Is it real? It's real. Yep. But it's better than that. Hell yeah. You open a cabinet and you climb through and you find 30 rooms huddled together. Oh my God. You literally have to like, you can like access a separate compound through the cupboards. Oh my God. Okay. This is so. Well, you could literally have like 500 people living in this house and no one would ever see each other. <laughs> literally. Um, this reminds me a lot of, there's like these attraction things called Meow Wolf. If you know what I'm talking about, if you know what I'm talking about, I do not. It's like Omega Mart in Vegas, and they just opened one in Denver, and they have one in Santa Fe. Is it a store? No, it's um, they're like attraction things. It's like a group of artists come together and they put together these like weird, like surreal, like kind of trippy, and they have stuff like that. Like you open oh. up like uh, the one in Santa Fe, you like open up the washing machine, like the no the dryer. Oh, and, and you, you like slide, slide through. through and then you're in like the backyard and it's like all this mystical place. This is like what it's reminding me of, but like oh, real life. I've seen those in, I thought those were museum exhibits when I was seeing those. They pop up. it's kind of it kind of is it's similar to it's a museum. Like a, a it's like curated, an interactive like, yeah. curated, curated art experience. exhibit okay. that you can experience. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that does sound very similar. That sounds like what's happening here. Yeah. Well, if I you've mean, ever been, you, like, know what I'm talking about. Now I gotta find yeah. them and go. Well, the oh, they're so is... fun. Dude, road trip. Stop by road Santa trip. Fe. Yep. Yep. I would love I love Santa Fe. I'm down. Yeah. I mean, we have no prospects after this anyway, so. That's true. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> off that existential Depressing dread, note. Yeah. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep doing this for you guys. How's that? We'll just spend our whole lives making episodes about weird things. Hey. If you want that to be real, you got to help us out. Yeah, you got to leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so just like your weird like little exhibit thing that you're describing, mm-hmm. this definitely has some of that. There's stairways that run straight up into the ceiling and then just don't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. She had a huge predilection for the number 13. Okay, windows yeah. with 13 panes, uh-huh. things that were... Um, Nailed 13 times, staircases with 13 steps, ceilings with 13 That's panels. That's it. Okay, that because I was like, I feel like a lot of things have 13. 13 in this house. Gotcha, yes, gotcha, gotcha. Are. And yeah. spider webs, and they're all in motifs throughout the house. Spiders, spider webs, mm. the number 13. Interesting. And those are all linked back to spiritualism. 
So it's very likely that even if she didn't visit a medium that told her there are ghosts going to haunt you, et cetera, et cetera, it's yeah. very likely that she believed in some level of spiritualism because a lot of those have origins in spiritualism. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, there are also doors that don't take you where you would expect, which I want to find. I'm sure this is not on a tour because it's probably a huge safety hazard, but I mm-hmm. would like beg a tour guide to let me just like, just show me, show me. I'm right. not say anything. Um, no, I won't. I know that is disrespectful. And as a museum guest, well, no, no, I would no, no, not no. want anyone the doing that to me. The thing is, what's going to happen, Kat, is like you, the, one of us needs to get like super high up in the museum field. Okay. To where, like, everyone just kind of knows you. Okay. You know? I mean, it's a pretty small field. And then so, they like, give us the full tour. And then they're like, oh, this is Kaylee Reed? Yeah. We're going to take, we're going to give the whole thing. VIP. No, you don't have to pay. No paying. Like, the director just... of our museum? He could probably do it. He... Oh, <gasps> my gosh. <gasps> Wait. Should he join us on our road trips? <laughs> Should I buy him? Oh, my God. Wait. Okay. You fly out, buddy. And we'll meet yeah. you there. Okay. And then that way we will for sure get... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know he knows the oh, someone knows who everyone. runs that house. Like yeah. you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I love it. But um <laughs> I totally love that. I would there's no way to put these on the tours because it is a safety hazard. Mm-hmm. But there are doors that open up to nothing. Yeah. Literally like which is something like you just see in, like, empty floor, movies. right? Yeah, like yeah. It'll, it's a drop off. Yeah, drop off. Which you like you see in so many horror movies, like someone runs through the door and doesn't realize, and they like stumble to the edge, realizing yeah, the door yeah. doesn't go anywhere, and it's just this big crevasse underneath them. Ooh, spooky! Um, there's actually like multiple that do that in this house. Um, awesome. There's one that if you open it and walk through, you'll fall eight feet and end up in the kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one. That opens to a 15-foot drop over the garden. So that'll break your legs. Uh, yeah, you were going to get hurt a little bit yeah, there, probably. Like, they are a safety hazard. Yeah. And then there's, like, literally big rooms that have smaller rooms inside of them. Like, I just love... <laughs> I would kill to live oh in this house. God, could you imagine? That would be so much You probably fun. could. You go for yeah. a visit, and then they just, like... And oh, then they just, like, There's been a lot you. of scratching. There's a lot of ghost sightings. They say it's a girl with long blonde hair walking around in Victorian clothes... No idea what Dude, it you is. could totally put on, like... No one would ever know. Oh, my you God, just... yeah. Your morning dress that you're making. Oh, my gosh. And just wander around the house. Oh, my God. They wouldn't catch on for, like, weeks. Just, like, tell them, hey, I'll live here, but I'll do this in return. Yeah, I'll spook your ghosts. I'll give you some... Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I, right. it, it would work. Gotta... I'll email him. When we my, make I'll that connection with our museum director, yeah. and we'll have that conversation when, we, when we're create, there with him. I'll create a job position. I'll submit it and be like, hi, you don't know me, but I would like to apply for a job that does not exist. <laughs> hey, people do that. You make your own job. That is true. You make your own way in the world. How do you feel about someone walking around in full morning clothes all the time? I just become one of the ghosts slowly. When I die someday, they just bury just me like, on the ground. They just like meet up with you every week and like give you sustenance for like the next week. Yeah. And then you just like have to carry it around with you. And a little basket. You might, you might like lose it. No, they give me like a little baby pram <laughs> to like push around. It's just my suitcase in there. But guests think I'm carrying around some like haunted baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I think amazing. this could work. I'm. The, it, we're um, just gonna show them this episode i was gonna it. say they're gonna hear this episode <laughs> email us email us y'all got our email yeah, <laughs> you know where we are yeah anyway um yeah so the 1906 earthquake hits oh, there's there's yeah. two that made an impact on the house there's the great san francisco earthquake of 1906 mm-hmm. which did the most damage and then there's the 1989 loma prieta oh my god i can't talk earthquake the house is actually set on something called a floating foundation. 
Now, my family is built up of civil engineers and architects and all these people who know things mm-hmm. that I do not know. So they're probably going to know this and I will not. Yeah. Um, but basically what I understand, it the way the foundation is laid protects the sediment from liquefaction when there's an earthquake. Okay. Um, it Just in general, not necessarily during an earthquake. Uh-huh. But I think this dates back to when they were building tall buildings in Chicago, like building the first like skyscrapers kind mm. of on wet soil. And they were worried about the implications of that. And they kind of started that technique there and she used it here. So basically the house can shift a little bit and the foundation will absorb some of the impact because it wasn't, it's not stuck to the original brick base necessarily. Yeah. So they think that that floating foundation is what saved it from its entire collapse during the 1906 earthquake. Interesting. Okay. Which, well, I guess good. Like, if you're not working with building codes or regulations, you don't have, you have contractors building it, but you don't probably have a safety specialist there mm-hmm. going, well, that's not really a load bearing wall. You sh- probably shouldn't build a turret on it. You know, like, yeah, no, they, they probably aren't. Cause yeah. I know when my dad does stuff, he has to get, he has to run it by, he has to get plans from an architect. Like he draws them up. This yeah. is what I want. Architect will fix it, make sure it's, like, sound, Mm -hmm. and then he has to get approval from them, and then he has to take it to the city to get approval from them if they're, like, building on. So it definitely is a process. Yeah. But again, this is 2021 and not 1906. 1906. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and unfortunately, that seven-story tower, uh, the earthquake Uh, does knock down the first top three stories of it. Interesting. Um, And the fourth floor is mostly later demolished. Like, there were other higher peaks on this house that fell during this. Um. Apparently, Winchester herself was in what's called the Daisy Bedroom now, and she got trapped there when the tower fell. Like, everything Uh-oh. with the collapse, she got stuck in there for hours. Ooh. And it, this was a... I think this earthquake happened around, like, 5 a.m. or something really early. Interesting. Um, I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I'm we'll sure have to do. We're like, going to do an episode on that. On the earthquake. Um, yeah. I think I have it actually listed for... I think I have it on my list for in the next few weeks. I'll do check you? that. I think I do. No, you have a fire on the list. Mm. Whatever. We'll look at it. Yeah. <laughs> the um, people don't need to know about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so basically she's stuck in there for a few hours. I'm sure that was terrifying no matter what time of day it was. And there are some pictures of the damage that it's interesting to see. The earthquake might be a part of an explanation on some of the weird things in the house. Like instead of rebuilding things the way they were, they might have just sealed off the passage. Or, mm-hmm. you know, if a room fell, maybe that's why the door doesn't go anywhere because originally like, they just took out the room when yeah, it fell, yeah. you know? It could explain some of the weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And after the earthquake, some of the expansion did slow down a little bit. Sarah Winchester ended up um, spending some time in the later days with some of her family mem- members in a home nearby. So she would, she still retained complete control of Winchester House and mm-hmm. everything. I think she just missed being around family and stuff. So she would be back and forth. Yeah. The over-exaggerated fear of hauntings and her paranoia may have been helped along by rumors, especially towards her later life, um, from neighbors who were disgruntled or thought that she was really eccentric. She was, like I said, very reclusive, understandably so, after she lost so many of her family members and everything. But people would pay her house calls and stuff, and she would never reciprocate. Or they would say hello to her in the street, and she didn't Mm. know who they were. Which, in the Victorian era, is very faux pas. Like, there's a lot of ceremony and social cues they're still standing on. She didn't necessarily Uh pay attention to those. Yeah. It might have made some of her neighbors very disgruntled and willing to be like, oh, the crazy lady next door. Uh, Well, especially if she's also doing stuff that's, like, not that normal. Like, constantly building on her house. Yeah. Yeah. Being a woman living alone at all Mm. is probably cause for gossip anyways. Yeah. Especially, again, as since she's such a big figure, mm-hmm. as one of the richest women 
ever. Yeah. 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 And she ended up making a lot of changes to the house over the years, too, due to her age. She had really bad rheumatoid arthritis. Like, bad. Mm -hmm. The stairs had to be modified since they were originally so steep and she couldn't climb them. So they're, like, easy riser steps, kind of. Like, you know those staircases where it's, like, really long steps that are very short? Very short. Like, outside the library? Yeah, like, ZZ steps. The Mm -hmm. ones, um, they're called, uh, they have a name. Are they, like, kickback steps? I I don't know. But, um... That's your architect family coming in. I know. I, yeah. (laughs) So, she needed that to go back and forth so that she didn't have to take the steep stairs anymore. This may also be a rumor, but she was said to have slept in different bedrooms each night, maybe to confuse the ghosts. Or maybe if you have 160 bedrooms, you're just like, I want to sleep in them all, you know? Yeah. You know? She implemented elevators in the house. Even that early, yeah, the early forms of the elevators to Mm -hmm. make moving around the house a bit easier. She did eventually need, I think, some health uh, help and care, but she had, like, one working toilet that she would use in the house. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a window in it, actually, because I think one of her nurses was concerned about being able to, like, see her and get to her Mm -hmm. if there's a problem. But she ends up dying at the Yonda Villa, um, the Winchester Mystery House, basically, on September 5th, 1922, because of a heart failure. She was 83 mm. years old. Wow. She had 40 years on her husband alone. Wow. So I, I respect that. Yes, 30, she was in that house for a long, long time, time then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 36 years on and off construction from beginning to end. Wow. She was never big on advertising her humanitarian efforts, but she had continued to donate through her life and fund hospitals, especially tuberculosis wards, mm. which understandable. Yeah. And she had a lot of philanthropic services for a long time that she would never publicly talk about. Apparently, the house's staff says that she not only supported those, like, causes, but that she just treated everyone in her personal life really well. Like you said, she was super generous with the staff. She would keep them on for years to make sure that they were financially stable, and she would pay them almost, like, double Wow. What, like, was the average at the time. And especially her contractors who were so, like, loyal to her. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, if your employer is that nice and that taking care of you and everything, you're not going to go to the media after she dies and steal yeah. family secrets and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be loyal to her. So mm-hmm. that might be part of it, too, that none of the employees were willing to, like, dispel rumors or talk about her or anything because they were loyal yeah. to her. And that just mm-hmm. left more space for people to gossip and talk. Mm-hmm. Um, the last. Oh, sorry. I'm reading notes twice she had some really innovative things in the house that didn't show up in their architecture for a really long time like other popular architecture mm-hmm. switchback stairs that's what they're called mm. and that's the little two inch small steps gotcha that help people you know that uh-huh. can't get upstairs go up and down easier um and there was um direct sorry my notes got scrambled there. I missed a line. Um, there was no directive in her will about the house itself. She left all of the furniture and material culture stuff inside of it to her niece, Marion Marriott, who was close to her and had lived with her about 15 years when the house was being built in the beginning and was like her favorite niece or something like that. But she moved away in 1903 after she'd gotten married. There is no connection to the Marriott family. If that's what you're wondering. Mm. Um, <laughs> uh, not that Marriott. But I was like, that sounds really familiar, but I cannot not place the, it. Not <laughs> yeah. the, I mean, you would think that like moguls would marry into other like famous rich families. Right. But no, this has no relation to the Marriott family, like Marriott hotels or anything. Yeah. Um, Marion did take what she wanted out of the house, but... Marion Marriott? I know, that's a tongue tongue twister. That's kind of awesome. I know. She ended up auctioning most of it away after her mom died. I cannot imagine how long it took to get all the furniture out of that house and find every room and clear it out. Uh Uh-huh. Because of the holdings that she had in the Winchester company and everything, 
she, like I said, she was making money. Like she had kept filling that yeah. thing with furniture. Like mm-hmm. you have the means. It's not just building the house. It's filling it. Furnishing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was never like a functional house is the problem. The, if you take a look at it and when they had appraisers take a look at it, there had been earthquake damage that hadn't been repaired yet. I mean, you can't have like a house where your kitchen isn't next to your dining room. It was not a functional mm-hmm. house that anyone wanted to buy. Yeah. So it got put on the public market, basically. They ended up selling it and they got about 135000 for it. 135000 for this whole freaking house. Okay, even back then, that seems really low. No, that's low for what this is. Yeah. And it's bought by John and Mammy Brown. They ended up opening the house again for tours in February of 1923, about half a year after Sarah Winchester died. Ooh, which is a little soon. It's a little soon, but it's also an impressive turnaround because that meant right? that, ma- that family, ma- Mamie, Mammy, got into the house and... Is it one or two M's? It's one, but it's, it's M-A-Y-M-E. Which it's probably Mamie. Mamie. Yeah, yeah, it's probably Mamie. Okay. Um, but that means that that woman, or maybe it's Mame, like Auntie Mame. Mame, maybe. Maybe. Um, but that's always spelled M-A-M-E. I thought. I don't know. I don't know. We're not dialecticians. We're trying to figure it out, lady. (laughs) Yeah, we're sorry, but she managed to like get the house ready for tours in less than six months after Sarah Winchester died, which is a great vibe and also not a good vibe. Yeah. And she was one of the first tour guys in. She probably needed that half a year to learn her way around the house to give tours, if we're being honest. And that house kept getting passed down through the Browns' descendants. And they created kind of like a, I don't know how this works, like LLCs, like corporations. I don't know how all that stuff works. Mm-hmm. But it's still owned by the descendants through okay. that, yeah. you know, that LLC or whatever it's called. Cool. And they've done their best to maintain what Sarah Winchester was really interested in while she was building it. There have been some changes to it over the years. Like, there was a water tower that burned down in the 1940s and created some damage mm. and stuff. So, it's changed a little bit here and there. But for the most part, they're sticking to the, the That's like awesome. mission statement. Well, I mean, you know, even though it might have been distasteful to, like, have that fast of a turnaround mm-hmm. soon after she died, it sounds like they respected a lot of and what almost, it was. I almost think that Sarah Winchester would have wanted that. Like, she's that like, true. now that I'm gone, open it yeah. to the public. Because she apparently would, like, have... Oh, I'm so sorry. My ringer's on. She would, like, have the neighborhood kids, like, come over uh, and have little, like, um, ice cream picnics and uh, stuff in her yard while she was alive. She, yeah. like, welcomed people onto the grounds. There are oh, huge great. gardens around here. Yeah, like, yeah I'm so sure. I feel like she almost kind of would have liked it. That is true. No, that is true. I um, think she would have. She was... I feel like she was the right kind of eccentric. Yeah. You know? I feel like she was really just trying to live her best life and people probably just started all these rumors about her and she just yeah. had a cool house. Right. And was like, I'll do it myself. Who needs architects? I'm just going to put whatever I like <laughs> She's like, I'm house. just going to do whatever I want. Yeah. yeah. Which I admire. Um, so in 1924, though, it was visited on Halloween by Harry Houdini, who wanted mm-hmm. to debunk some of the mysteries and tales around and the house. And that checks out for Harry Houdini. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wanted to debunk it, but he leaves the house with more questions than before and famously called it the mystery house, which is what helped it earn mm-hmm. its name. There are a lot of people that try to describe or explain away what happens in these houses sometimes that, you know, vibrations are a different frequency in the house or they absorb yeah, sound differently. Yeah. Or, or old houses are built differently. Uh-huh. And so, it's all yeah. in your head. And I, I, mm-hmm. bought, I used to buy into that stuff. I do not anymore. <laughs> I, I know what I have seen and heard. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, vibrations don't open locked cabinets. I still can't believe that happened. I, mm, every time I think about, every time I walk by that cabinet now, like I look down just to make sure that I'm not going insane. Like I, right. Yeah. That still messes with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people that said the Winchester house feels so haunted because it's a, 
like a far break from what we know. That walking in a, around in a house that, that feels is that so weird. unintuitive. Yeah. It, like your brain cannot process That's what's fair. happening. Okay, I, I buy that more than yeah. some of the other stuff. Because it yeah. would make me feel really it would weird to be walking yeah. past doors like, that whoa. Like have a drop off. I'd be like, I feel uncomfortable around this. Uh-huh. Like there's no railing here. I could fall mm-hmm. on the edge. All those things combined could have an effect. But um, I... I think there's definitely something to be said for little. Well, if the house. staff who works in the house have experience, then I believe them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because any haunted place, as we know, the staff has the most time there. Yeah, we do. The yeah. staff does. Yes. And so I will believe them every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, in this house, even like they used it in the 2018 Helen Mirren film Cold oh, Winchester, really? Did and they? that's the movie I was watching yeah. when I was in the house this weekend. Bad choice on my part. Was um, it good? What I saw of it was. Um, I turned it off because I realized that I was being stupid and that was a terrible choice. Um, but apparently they like closed down the house for about 72 hours and let the film crew like film like pinnacle scenes or like get aerial shots or outdoor footage of it and everything. They filmed most of it in Australia, I think, but they did like close the house down for a little while and let them use it. And then the costumers, um lent all the movie costumes to the house so they could put it on display for a while oh, as fun. an exhibit. And I was like, that's so sweet. This yeah. is the collaboration we love to see between right? like, popular culture and museums. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they also let some of the tour guides from the house be extras in the film. Oh, And I'm like, that's so cool. That I want to do that. Cool. I would die to do that. That's amazing. <sighs> so imagine telling your kids, oh yeah, I'm in a movie because I was a house tour. Right. And oh my I, gosh. Yeah. So there are some mystery, creepy stories that show up consistently. Um, Reports from multiple employees and visitors. There's plenty of small things, you know, that you hear in most historic houses, like little sounds, footsteps, someone tugging on your clothing. There are reports of footsteps specifically running across the rooftops in Mm. here in this house. Slamming doors, cold spots, strange lights, doorknobs that turn without anyone on the other side. The daisy room where Mrs. Winchester was caught during that earthquake said to have a dark figure that moves around it sometimes that cameras can't capture and if someone tries it'll like malfunction Mm. but it's like a multiple report from multiple people kind of thing there are plenty of spectral sightings that have been reported one of the most popular ones is clyde who is often seen in the house doing different tasks that you know he'll be fixing the fireplace in the ballroom or pushing a wheelbarrow around in the basement but he's reportedly very distinct because of his handlebar mustache Oh, so a guy with a handlebar like, mustache should be named Clyde. I know, right? Like that is that is it. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'll get that thing where where our guest's like, oh, the guy. Have you you? Oh my gosh, Hill House, where Hill he's House. talking about the guy fixing the clock, fixing the clock with the witness marks, uh-huh. and he says there was never anyone fixing that clock, mm. and that's apparently what's happened to tour guys. That people will be like, who's the guy fixing? Like the ballroom, who's who's in there doing repair? Mm. We didn't realize the house was under repair, and they'll be like, "There isn't," which is amazing, oh. uh, incredible. Oh, that makes me want to go watch Hill House. I know. I'm going to rewatch Hill House this like oh week. God. I'm just gonna do it. It's October. We have to. I know that and Harry Potter. Like they're both gonna happen. This yeah, they have to. And there's actually a photograph that they have matched to Clyde, the descriptions they've been getting. And oh. it is, it, like they have a photograph from his contractors, and maybe I'll tweet this one out if I can. Yeah, remember. you should. But like. The guy on the end of the line apparently is Clyde. And so that's like nice Ooh, creepy. Spooky. There's a maintenance worker like in modern times named Denny who apparently worked at the mystery house for quite a while. Reported that one morning he went up to the water tower and he kept hearing footsteps. Which is, this is what creeps me out. His story creeps me out because this is what happened to me mm. in the house. Mm-hmm. That he went 
he kept going up and up and up to check because he heard footsteps on the stairwell above him. Oh. And he kept like running up the stairs to tell him like, hey, this area is closed off. This is not for the public use. You can't be up here. Mm -hmm. And it just kept staying right above him. Like he couldn't catch up to whoever it was. He finally makes it all the way to the ceiling, to the roof, gets out on the roof and there's no one there. Oh my God. And I... Again, it's the worker. I'm going to believe them every single time, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh yeah. They're there the most. And that's what... That's what freaks me out about this because I was when I finally realized I should not be watching a scary movie yeah. in a haunted house while I do notes was this when I was typing out that part of the story I was oh. like oh god I was like that's what happened to me if y'all don't know story time the first time I ever had anything have I said this on the show before maybe you have let's hear it again the first time I ever had anything happen to me in the house I work at I was downstairs in a room off to the side. It's like our little office. I usually have one headphone in just because mm-hmm. I like the audio when I have headphones in. Yeah. And um, I started hearing footsteps back and forth, back and forth upstairs. And they were very distinct. I know the sound of heels on the hardwood floor in this house because my I wear heels. So I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with the sound of the shoes, specifically Victorian era shoes. I know what those shoes sound like on the hardwood mm-hmm. in this house because I wear them. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the dining room and like looked up. At, there's a room above the dining room and I was like I could trace I could like hear right above me the mm. footsteps going back and forth back and forth and women we know the sound of heels on hardwood yeah ran upstairs there was no one there and I thought like maybe a guest had walked past me and mm-hmm. I hadn't heard or seen them and I was like there's no way I would have let someone yeah, walk no in this way. house I no worked way. like by the front door yeah um you would have heard it even if you were all the way upstairs. Like, yeah, you I would have heard the door. No the, way. the door is loud. It is because you have to like yank that crap. Yeah, and now it's creaking. <laughs> so it's like there's no way I couldn't have heard it. And mm-hmm. I walked back downstairs and I was like, okay, you're creeping yourself out. This is, and then I heard it again. And I grabbed my knife this time and I like, ran up the stairs and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, there's something in this house. <laughs> and I did it multiple times. And yeah. the third time it happened, I was like, downstairs tracking back and forth the footsteps back and forth across the floor hardwood heels and i went upstairs the third time and i realized there's carpet there's carpet over the spot where i was healing the footsteps. yeah there is but there wasn't carpet originally when this house was there oh my god and i was like (laughs) and that was the first time i ever realized that there is something i don't understand about Mm-hmm. that house and mm-hmm. that is okay i don't need to put a name on it it can yeah. be the energy of people that are left it can be ghosts it can be whatever you want to yeah. call it but there is something in that house there's that something there making a noise that you were not doing yeah yeah and that it was then i was like oh i've had this happen to me and i feel so bad for mr denny the water worker who was <sighs> just trying to do his job man and i feel like ghosts are more in haunted houses scenarios mm-hmm. like yours and like this like they see that you care about where they live. Yeah. And they are more willing to present themselves. Yeah. You know, than just like these punks coming out off the street, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, the paranormal people, like, they'll catch like, like investigators or, or like, like, like Zach Bagans shows up and he's like, Sarah Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Zach Bagans actually been to the Winchester. House. I'm sure he has. Um, yeah. But like, that for me is part of it. Like, if you're going to work in a place, you need a good rapport with whatever is there. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that from multiple people working in historic houses that the first day they get there, someone's like, hey, go say hello to the portrait or like, go talk to her, go introduce mm-hmm. yourself. Or like if I always, well, when I, I walk in the yeah. house, I say, good morning, everyone. And I list them off by name. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's still there. I don't know how many of them are left, but I list yeah. them off by name. When I, I say, say hello. I mean, when I'm there, I always say hi and bye to the ghosts. Yeah. yeah. Kaylee will put me at work and I'll know because like, I'll hear a knock and then I'll like let her and it's 
hi ghosties yeah <laughs> hey buddies hey buddies <laughs> I, um, hope we're, I hope we're friends <laughs> and that's the thing you build rapport this is not your house this yeah. is their house that you get to work in uh-huh and so mm-hmm. that's always a big thing yeah but, um the staff at the winchester house um has talked about that like some of the staff is like yes there's something here but it's nice i've never felt threatened i've never felt mm-hmm. bad which if sarah winchester really just built this house to be a cool house yeah she probably loves that people yeah. are getting to experience how cool it is and yeah. respects that people are trying to take care of it because mm-hmm. these houses would fall into disrepair if people weren't tending mm-hmm. to them mm-hmm. um there's also the coincidental things that happen in this house that are not quite creepy but they're a little bit too odd not to mm-hmm. think that's there's some other interference here yeah there was a architectural historian who met with the house historian to talk about you know where they think some of the stained glass windows might be from with ten thousand windows in that house i'm sure that some are more ornate than others and they are trying to figure out who made the most of them and this guy looks around forever and he finally deduces okay i think i know who it is he has this meeting they're pretty sure they're like 90 percent positive that they mm-hmm. know who designed the windows after this meeting, someone's doing restoration work, like, very soon after this meeting, mm-hmm. and finds a perfectly preserved envelope in one of the walls. They open that envelope. Stuck inside is the logo. It's addressed to Sarah Winchester, and the logo on it is from the Pacific American Decorative Company, which confirms exactly what the architectural Ooh, story Ooh, that gave me chills. And it's, like, so cool, because they wanted them to know oh that they were my right. God. Like, yeah. Yeah. And famous com- people have come to the um, house before... Travel Channel, Famous Mediums, all that uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. It is considered to be one of the most haunted houses. Very popular tourist attraction. The staff and visitors don't always agree about the level of haunting, but like I said, they believe that it's the staff that believes there's something in the house said it's never anything bad. Mm-hmm. They've never felt threatened. Mm-hmm. Um, and one staff member did one time claim to see a black figure like cloaked in black clothing in a morning veil walking around the garden mm. and he believes that he saw Sarah Winchester herself. Yeah. And apparently some of the staff though do avoid certain parts of the house, especially the third floor, because you can start hearing footsteps and voices around there. Mm. Which I get. There are parts of the house that I don't my house that I don't go in yeah. unless I'm giving a tour. I'll literally mm-hmm. take the front staircase down and the back staircase up so that I can avoid that room. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and I am so visiting this house someday like i am just so desperate to oh, see I the want winchester to mystery house so bad oh my god it like appeals to the spookiness the like cool aesthetic I know. the like crazy old lady who's super sweet mm-hmm. like oh my god like so many parts of it i just am like Ugh. i know well and the ladies that i told you i would tell you more about later like, mm-hmm. i'll tell you if we grab food or something like mm-hmm. that but when they walked in they're like this house is creepy does stuff happen in here and i was like it depends on who you ask mm-hmm. you know um and by the end of it, one of the ladies like, it's not that creepy as it looks from the outside. And I was like, every Victorian house looks creepy because Victorian houses are what are haunted houses in mm-hmm. the movies. So everyone mm-hmm. just sees it and they're like, oh my God. But mm-hmm. she's like, it's it's brighter in here than you think. I was like, oh, it's because it's sunny today. Usually that house yeah. is dark and creepy. But like. Yeah. Well, I will say getting, like. It's going through a house and feeling comfortable in it. Yeah. I will say like, I, I don't, I can't put a finger on what I feel when I'm in your house. Mm-hmm. There is something. But it's there. like. It's not how I feel when I'm sitting here in your apartment. No, it is not. It's not how I feel when I'm sitting at my house. Yeah, it's not. Like. It's a very different feeling. It is. It is. And I can't put my finger on it Yeah. Either. I don't uh-huh. feel alone. Yeah. And that's part of it. Like, I feel like yeah. there is. I would love like for my I mom. if someone was working in the other room. Like, right. when you walk into your office and you say, like, you yell, 
morning, so-and-so, and and then you Mm -hmm. go sit in your own office. You never say hi to them. You never see them, but you know they're working in their own office. Yeah. That's the feeling I have when I'm in the house. That's fair. Yeah. I would love for my mom, maybe the next time she comes up to Waco, I'll make her come to the house. Yeah. Because she gets feelings about things. Yeah. Well, that clairvoyant lady who came through that one time and knew things about the house that I never told her. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, shit. You right? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think most local houses and stuff like that Uh will have a haunted, like, story or two the docents most docents will have a story so go visit your local houses and ask them and ask them because nine times out of ten they'll have a story yeah yeah Unless they're just like, oh, I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> no, that. Well, that was really fun, Kat. I'm so excited for yours. Oh, my God. just like a proof, like, yeah. it's a different kind of scary. Yes, it's a different kind of scary. So, in case you were wondering, I am doing the other one of the more iconic houses from American history that have to do with spooky stuff. Spooky, scary The houses. infamous Lizzie Borden house. Oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm so ready. Okay. I love how, like, we're not true crime, but we keep finding ways to involve true crime in Listen, our podcast. Crime happened in history. Oh, no, and also some crime greatly influenced history. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we still, like, Lizzie Borden House is still very prevalent in American pop culture. Yes. So, yes, yeah. So, which is really funny because for the longest time, I thought they had something to do with, like, milk. Borden, the Borden <laughs> Dairy. Yeah. Because I was like, Borden? Okay. Like, a famous house. And it's probably rich people, people Borden. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, there must be milk. No. no. I, I've known that for a while now, but I was just like, my, no, for like mine. a long time when I first heard it, I was like, oh, that duh. No, there's something. I mean, it's like me checking. I had to check and make sure that the Marriott name was not like the right, Marriott Right, right. I can't believe that one was named Marion Marriott. That's kind of awesome. I know. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? I am so ready to get creeped out by this. Okay. So on the morning of August 4th, August 4th, 198 I did it. I knew I was going to do it. I even stopped and restarted, and I did it anyway. 1892. There you go. Um, there were four members of... The four members of the Borden household were having what seemed to be a normal morning. In the house, we have Andrew Borden. He was 69. He was a... Uh, he's the father. He is a real estate investor and worked in manufacturing. We also have his wife, um, and Lizzie's stepmother, who was 39 at the time, her name was uh, Annie, and she married... So, okay, so the biological mom of Lizzie and her sister, Emma, her name was Sarah Borden, and she died shortly after Lizzie was born. Oh. A few years later, Annie married um, Andrew, and it seemed like an appropriate amount of time, a few years, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know. Um, I mean, men, male, like, men, I think, had less male time... Men. Yeah. The, 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 gro- the grieving episode. period. <laughs> yeah. We are the mailmen. We are the mailmen. <laughs> no, I think the grieving period for is shorter. Is shorter. Yeah. It's like but it still was a couple period. years, so, you know, yeah. I don't think there was anything like. There's no question. Yeah. So, actually, so Annie had been the girl's stepmothers for most of their life. That's a big thing, too. Men mm-hmm. got remarried much quicker if they had children at home. Yeah. Because they needed yeah. to take care of the kids. Um, and. So Lizzie Borden, who was 32 at the time, she was a spinster. She was also a devout Christian and Sunday te- Sunday school teacher. Um, also present in the house was their maid, whose name was Bridget Sullivan, but they called her Maggie. Um, I'm not sure why, but I was like, okay, that's a fun little name. Yeah. <laughs> um, not present in the house, but who you, who did live at the house in the time was... Lizzie's sister, Emma, who was 41 and who also was a spinster, but she luckily happened to be visiting a friend that weekend, the weekend that this happened. 
So the family lived in Fall River, Massachusetts, which also when I typed these notes out, I spelled Massachusetts right on the first try. I'm so proud of you. I could not. I literally hit the space and the red bar didn't pop up. And I was like, did I just spell Massachusetts right? I am. And my roommate was like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. I'm impressed. That's why I'm, I'm talking about impressed. it. And they were pretty well respected. I mean, uh, as I said, the father was a real estate investor and worked in manufacturing. He was well known around town. The Both of the daughters, even though they were kind of spinsters, they were known to be really devout Christians. And like, you know, again, Lizzie taught Sunday school. So they were like, they had a good reputation around yeah. town. Um, that August had been particularly hot and the summer was hot in general. So tensions were elevated by I get, that. I get hangry when I'm hot. Yeah. Like I get yeah. angry in the heat. I just yeah. Get everyone angry. gets, I mean, yeah, we know it's like irritating. <laughs> um, so, and of course if it's 1892, you don't really have AC yeah. and it's hot and there's no escaping it. Um, so the heat didn't really help the tin situation that was already in the house. Despite the fact that the sisters had been raised by Annie, neither of them had ever been particularly fond of her. They even went so far as to only refer to her as Mrs. Borden, despite them be- her, That's her being- That's not a bitch movie. I know. No about- one raised you. I know. She, like, raised them. She was their mom. And they still were like, oh, Mrs. Borden. Not even Annie. Like, that would be one thing to call her by your first name. No, so Mrs. Mean. Borden. Um, and to make matters worse, the whole family was apparent, including the maid, was inc- apparently recovering from a mild stomach illness that they believe was probably caused by a bad batch of stew or some other, like, bad food that they ate oh, Victorian as a family. A lot. Yeah. So they all just kind of had this, like, stomach bug. And then the heat added on to that. And then the fact that there was always, like, this underlying tension in the house. Yeah. There was just, you know. Not good vibes. Yeah. So that morning of August 4th, sometime before 11, Abby went upstairs to tidy up their guest bedroom. At the time, um, Lizzie's uncle had been staying with them, and he stepped out for the morning to go run some errands, but was planning on returning to the house around 12. That's the creepy stuff to me. People who got so close and they uh-huh. had it. So um, because of this family sickness, I believe that the maid who would have usually done this was upstairs kind of resting Um, Because apparently by this time, everyone had pretty much recovered except for Maggie, the maid. Um, So she was still needing to rest because she was feeling not well. So Abby or um, sorry, Annie, I don't I wrote Abby out. That's wrong. Um, Annie went up to tidy the guest bedroom while their uncle was out running uh, errands. So someone followed Annie upstairs, got her attention so that she was facing this person and then hit her on the side of this, her skull with an axe. Abby then, of course, collapsed, fell to the ground, where she was hit 17 more times with a hatch-like weapon. Um, most of the hits were concentrated on her head, uh, which is significant because it's a like crime of passion. Yeah. And her body was left upstairs, mostly hidden by the side of the bed. However, um, it is very clear, like... The way her body was positioned, there was no way you were missing, like... You would have seen it. You would have seen it, exactly. And in fact, when they did find her body, they thought that she had, like, passed out and, like, had and collapsed. And all the blood. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, so, yeah. So, like, they would have... You would have seen it. Andrew, the dad, had been out that morning to run some errands and returned home around 10, 10.30. 
he when he got home he asked Libby where Annie was and uh Lizzie told him that she had stepped out because she had received a note from one of her friends that uh, a friend was sick apparently um and so he's like okay no big deal and then he because he's still kind of recovering from his illness uh he goes to the living room couch and lays down this is around 10 30 this is the photo Mm -hmm. i know Yes, it is. Oh. And oh, sorry. So her name is Abby. My bad. Okay, I wrote it. Di- uh, yeah, I was like, sorry about I that. Annie was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. So her the stepmother's name is Annie. I wrote it down. I confused myself. Sorry, it's been my brain has not been where it needs to be. Katie so did have a rough brain. <laughs> I did. Um. So, uh, accepting that story from Lizzie because he's no reason not to believe her. Um, he is like, okay, I'm gonna go rest on the couch because again, he's still feeling bad from whatever stomach sickness had kind of taken over the family. Lizzie herself claims to have helped him out of his boots and into house slippers. However, in that picture you were talking about, which trigger warning, or I guess content warning is more accurate. Yeah. That's a really graphic picture. It, it is. is one of the most iconic from the house. Yeah. Um, but it does show his like mutilated head. Yeah. Um, so just like, you know, viewer discretion, discretion advised. advised. <laughs> um, but in that picture, he does he is very clearly wearing boots. And so the fact that she said that she helped him out of his boots was like a weird detail. She's almost like she's trying to like compensate her guilt. Right. Right. Um, and so at around 1110, the maid upstairs is woken up by Lizzie who is screaming at her and saying, Oh my gosh, my father's been killed. Uh, so Maggie goes downstairs, sees the body of the father who had been hit I couldn't figure out if I, since it's like an axe, it's not like a stab. I, slice? Slice. I know. Like, what What do you use for that? I just said hit. Bludgeoned? Yeah, I said bludgeoned. <laughs> so he had been um, bludgeoned 11 times with an axe or a hatchet-like instrument. The majority of the strikes concentrating on his skull, which again is why that picture is so graphic. Hacked. Hacked. He was hacked that yeah. many times. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of gross. So if you want to skip forward like 10 seconds, apparently one of his eyeballs had been sliced in half and his nose was completely chopped off his face. Yeah. Um, which when I read the eyeball thing, I was like, Oh, (laughs) eyeball stuff. I was like, Oh, I I can't do that. When the eyeballs are like outside of where they should be. I know there's a criminal minds episode on it that I literally had to skip because I cannot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Maggie and Lizzie, or I, I believe it was Maggie who ran to get the family doctor from who conveniently What's lived. What's the doctor going to do at that point, honey? Right, I know. Who conveniently lived on the street. But he did come. So this is 1110. And when they got the doctor and got back, the wounds were still like the it was he was still bleeding. Oh, yeah. shit. So he didn't die like immediately. I guess his body or something was still alive. Oh. But yeah. Well, I guess, I mean. With the pressure inside your veins, I guess there's some natural seepage that happens even after right. the blood stops flowing. Yeah, it definitely hadn't congealed yet. And I think that was the big thing. So because of that, so again, Lizzie at around 11.10 got Maggie and said, my dad has been murdered. Mm-hmm. At 11, at, so then they go get the doctor. So, and then the doctor says, oh, he probably died around 11 a.m. So that leaves a 10 minute window between when the dad was killed and when... Lizzie got Maggie. That is important for later. Okay. Lizzie um, 
Of course, this drew a big crowd because it's obviously a very dramatic event. Mm -hmm. And Lizzie then um, continues to repeat her story about uh, Abby, the stepmom, being called away by a note about a sick friend. She's still not giving that up. I think it's really interesting because why would she lie about knowing where the mom was? I know. That is, like, there's no reason for her to be like, oh, I don't know where she is. There's yeah. no reason why she wouldn't be like that, you know? Maybe she wanted the attention of being able to say, like, oh, this and Maybe, know. maybe. Um, and then she also told all of the neighbors that she suspected her family had been poisoned, which had caused their mystery illness. So Honestly, it's like she's setting up... If Lizzie poisoned her family. That's what I was thinking too. But they did do an autopsy on the mom, on the stepmom and the dad, and they didn't find evidence of any poison because they knew about this illness and they were like, well, maybe they were poisoned. And maybe this was like someone trying to kill them long term. Didn't work. They were like, okay, we have to take matters into our own hands. Um, However, I, I think the fact that Lizzie is saying, starting the rumors of my family's been poisoned Mm -hmm. that early on. Blame is suspicious. Yeah. So Maggie, then after getting the doctor, she is still looking for Abby. She's not convinced that she's gone. She goes up to the second floor to see if Abby was there. And she discovers the body um, of the stepmother. Gosh. Yes. Mm. So that is the morning of August 4th when the events of the house took place. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Right. So now let's get into talking about the investigation. And one thing to really keep in mind about the historical context of what's happening here is we have an upper class woman in 1892 who has been, who was one of the first major suspects of this kind of brutal murder. Mm -hmm. So people at the time do not view women as capable of such violence like poisoning, yeah, that's like a lady way yeah. to kill someone. But to bludgeon someone in the face eighteen times with an axe, they wouldn't even. Think that's of a it. man. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, that's a man. And so that's what the cops initially were like. Yeah. Well, we are not even questioned because it has to be a man who would do this. Right. Um. And this that context is important to keep in mind throughout the whole investigation and trial process because ultimately, I believe that it's what got her acquitted of the murder because there were so many things that were just too suspicious, but I think, you know, the jury was all male. They just couldn't comprehend that this good Christian upper-class lady could be capable, could be capable of this. Cause then your wives would be capable. Mm -hmm. And there was a whole article. It was actually really interesting. It was, I think it was a Smithsonian article that I was reading, but it goes into detail at every step of the way. Why Lizzie got away with it, basically. Yeah. Um, and it talks about the jury. It talks about members of the jury being good Protestants and having children her age. And so they were like, my daughter would never do this. And the worst conflict of interest in any, like, uh-huh, court uh-huh. case in history. Yeah. So, as I said, Lizzie was not an initial suspe- suspect. She was well-liked around town and known to be a good Christian that taught Sunday school. So she was, you know, never even questioned. Her initial story is that that she told the district attorney is that she had been in the barn in the back of their house looking for an iron. So she, that's her alibi that she gives. I wasn't even in the house. The police, uh, or the investigators, I should say, assumed that the murders had been committed by a man. And apparently for some reason they had concluded that this must be a foreigner 
Um, and they even went so far as to arrest a, lo- a local Portuguese immigrant for no real reason. And when he had a pretty rock solid alibi, they had to let him go. As the investigation went on, Lizzie's stories began to unravel. The story of her looking for an iron turned into her eating pears in the barn. Also initially, uh, she reports hearing a groan or a scraping noise or a distress call, some sort of noise from in the house before entering it. However, two hours later, after she gave her initial um, testimony, just two hours later, she told police that she actually didn't hear anything and entered the house and not thinking anything was happening. So her story, yeah, she is changing her story from like the get go and she can't stick to a script, which is also really suspicious. Um, Lizzie was, she was still, despite the kind of suspicion around her, she was really hard to pin down as a solid suspect because there was no physical evidence against her. Um, she, they could not find the murder weapon. Um, and the dress that she was wearing when Maggie, when she went up to get Maggie, Maggie reports as being spotless. And if she had committed, let's keep in mind time frame here, because I talked about that yeah. 11 and 11, 10. Yeah. So at 11 is when we think the dad was murdered. At 11, 10 is when Maggie is woken up by Lizzie saying, hey, there's someone in, my, in the house. If she did literally you know, hack someone's skull open, she would have had blood all over her. And these dresses were 1892 women's clothing. And 10 minutes is really not enough time to strip down. I mean, you tell me what you think, Kat, but I don't think that 10 minutes is a... I think it could be done, but to mentally walk out of killing someone, get yourself together enough to comprehend, I need to go change, I need to go do this... That the mental capacity. Yeah. To do you do think it she could have it. done it herself in ten minutes, or do you think she would have needed help changing? If she didn't change her corset and combinations, just the dress, just the outer layer, she probably uh-huh. could have pulled it off. Okay, Depends that's too. true. Like a lot of women yeah. had shirts that, or shirt, not they would, they wouldn't be in shirt waist yet, but they would have like full button ups. That mm-hmm. would take longer than mm-hmm. a tuck. Or that's something. true. So like it yeah. depends. I'd have to see what she's wearing, but yeah. it could be done. But like yeah, to mentally. Right, Not even ten take minutes. A second uh-huh. to think, oh my god, I just killed my father. To go straight upstairs, change, and go find someone, and it's also to me suspicious that she didn't. That makes me think she did, though, though because if mm-hmm. I saw my dad mm-hmm. laying there, heaven forbid, in that situation, I would have mm-hmm. run over to him and like grabbed him or yeah. like felt for a pulse had yeah. something on my sleeves you would least. have had blood on you yeah. just out of sympathy and, and not out of think, yeah that makes me think that she did change right that she had to have because mm-hmm. she she either and well had something cops from, her from or i the investigators i don't know if it was like a police force at this point yeah. but the investigators did say from day one they didn't love her attitude which like trauma response is not something to right. be everyone responds differently so like some people do just respond and some don't have any reaction yeah, yeah exactly but they also reported her being a little too calm with what was happening um and especially for a woman who was 32 years old in a spinster mm-hmm. because if you're the if you're not married mm-hmm. you're relying on your father's money yeah i don't know if that means she would have gotten the inheritance or if there was yeah any money to so inherit. she did end up it did go to, I believe, her older sister, but then she lived with her older sister for See, a while. That's so. weird to me because I would be panicking if you're not panicking about like if your gut right? reaction, like, oh my god, what am I gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. It's not just I lost a family member; it's I mm-hmm. lost my whole livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. There's multiple reasons to be panicking there, and even mm-hmm. if she wasn't processing her dad's death, mm-hmm. she would have been processing, oh god, yeah, 
this okay. is happening. All of that discussion in mind, a few days later, she is caught burning a dress. Ooh, yep. Not the one that she was wearing when she went and got Maggie. There it is. She was caught burning a dress. And her reason that she gave, she said it was stained and could no longer be worn. She didn't even try to, like, come up with a reason to burn a dress. Just throw it away. But she burned it. And also, women wouldn't be getting rid of dresses like that. You yeah, hand it that fabric to is too else. valuable. It's valuable. You hand Even it if it was else. stained, you can do something with yeah, it. Yeah, that much fabric. Yeah, make a pillow. Oh, she definitely uh-huh. was wearing the murder dress. Uh huh. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. Right, right. Oh, Ooh, okay. <sighs> right. So, in the house's basement, they did find police or investigators did find two axes, two hatchets, and a hatchet with a broken handle. Why did this family have so many axes? I guess it was because it was 1892. I guess. Um, uh, So, the hatchet with the broken handle was the one that they suspected of being the murder weapon. Um, Since the break, I don't know how they determined this, but they said that the break appeared to be recent. Maybe. And? I mean, if you're using an axe for outdoor work, it would get hewn like softer over time yeah so it was like really mm-hmm. rough or like not discolored like the rest yeah of the or maybe you know when like wood splinters it still has like the the fresh yeah little like the little phrase yeah. yeah um Ooh. they also said that that act specifically or the hatchet specifically looked as if it had been intentionally covered in ashes to appear as though it had been in the basement for a long time undisturbed mm-hmm. suspicious right mm-hmm. this is very sus uh-huh um, and keep in mind, if it was someone else in the house that did this, they killed Abby at, like, 9 a.m. And didn't say anything. And hid in the house, somewhere in the house, until 11 when the dad came home. And the fact that Lizzie And never the fact that Lizzie put... and Maggie were both moving around in the yeah. house. Yeah. I say, it couldn't have been her stranger. Someone would have heard uh-huh. or seen something. Even if Maggie was laying in bed sick yeah. and recovering still. Uh-huh. Someone should have... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Mm-hmm. I... That... Mm, mm. So... I mean, Lizzie's not even good at hiding it. She didn't even try to, like, say, like, Maggie's upstairs. Mm-hmm. She could have done it. She would have been upstairs while my mother-in-law... or She was in the was house. She was the only one in the house. I was yeah. downstairs. I wouldn't have even heard it, like, mm-hmm. which she would have. Those, yeah. Yeah. So, also, remember, Abby was supposedly called away by a note about her sick friend, right. they never found the note. Okay, that's bull. And Lizzie says, tells one of her friends, oh, well, she might have burned it. Why? 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 Why would she have done that? Did it have a secret message on there? No. Mm. No. no. Also, it's August 4th, and they... We're not the, letting It was hot. You're not going to light yeah. a fire. And it was 11 a.m. No one was cooking. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe for, like, breakfast that morning, but, like, I, I don't no, know. There's no... The suspicious. There's no yep. reason... Investigators also learned that the day before the murders took place, Lizzie had apparently attempted to buy something called prusic acid, which is a hydrogen cyanide. Yeah, it's... And it's a poison. Yeah. Yeah, claiming that it, she needed to put an edge on something to do with fabric, like her furs or something. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was used in... I mean, that's mm-hmm. why a lot of, like, mourning veils and hats from the time period are actually have, like, arsenic and chemicals mm-hmm. in them that mm-hmm. are, like, we can't collection storage if you ever get anything in from that time period we have to check it for like chemicals makes sense yeah so this is what she was doing however she was turned away by the drug clerk um who said she needed a prescription to purchase something did, like that because the victorian women were using it to kill their husbands they would claim again it's the poison yeah they yeah. were claiming oh they'll clean my bonnet my hat or something mm-hmm. like that usually their bonnets mm-hmm. and they were using it to kill their husbands so after a while they did have to start regulating it because they realized Women were killing their husbands and yeah. getting away with it as a natural poison. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. 
So on August 8th, four days after the murder, Lizzie was called to an inquest hearing where she was, and apparently her state during this hearing was just extremely erratic. She was not able to provide a consistent or solid account and even contradicted herself during the hearing. Um, She was behaving pretty erratically. She was just not herself. However, people do explain this by saying after the murder, she was put on a dose of morphine to calm her anxiety. Um, So that, you know, it could be the literal freaking morphine. Which, like, yeah, morphine will probably do that to you. Yeah. Um, Especially if you're at a hearing. However, it did nothing to ease the suspicions on her account. And, And the cops kind of eventually turned to her as a suspect because there was just, there was, like, no one else it could have been. Yeah. You know? She didn't even try to, like, create an alibi for her. No. And, like, looking at the people in the, I mean, it's a small town. Who has the motivation? You know what I mean? And who has the access? There's just no way that it could have been anyone but her. Mm -hmm. Just logistically. So, on August 11th, she was arrested and jailed. It wasn't until June the next year, so June 1983, that her trial actually started. Um, and this case and her tr- subsequent trial was a freaking sensation across yeah. the country. Reporters from everywhere poured into her trial to just report on her. And she never even testified. But oh. she, yeah, she did not test. The, her only testif- testification, testification, testimony, testimony. testimony. <laughs> I was like, that's not a word. Um, her only testimony on record is the one that she had at the original inquest hearing. So she did not testify during the trial. However, every reporter was there to look how she's doing. Again, because how could this was how could a woman how could a woman do something so violent? This was, you know, mm-hmm. so different and so dramatic of a take from like what they were used to. The domestic quiet. Yeah, stuff. exactly. So her trial started on June fifth, nineteen eighty. Oh my god, I did it again. Eighteen ninety three. Um, the trial. It's, it was then and it still remains to be a pretty big source of controversy, specifically because the jury was all men and they couldn't give, they were blinded by that belief that a woman couldn't do this mm-hmm. for several reasons, you know? And that article really does a great job that I mentioned, the Smithsonian one, does a great job going into detail about like some of these men were from rural areas because they had to find people that were like, quote unquote, unbiased. Mm-hmm. And so for them to see like an upper class lady, they're like, oh, absolutely no way. How, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's several different reasons why the jury was um, never gonna not. Get yeah, exactly. It was, she was never going to get and accused of this so and also she had all of her parents money now to spend on getting a good defense team and they were good um they were able to do a lot of things that really ultimately convinced people that she was innocent uh one of the big things she actually did herself but her defense team definitely played off of so the skulls of her parents were actually cleaned and used as evidence during the trial um because it was like because it was the skulls it indicates like crime of passion and mm-hmm. all that stuff and apparently the first time lizzie saw them she reportedly fainted which i'm not gonna lie i kind of would too either way yeah well it could be because oh my god that's my dead dad's skull mm-hmm. or oh my god that's the person i just murdered yeah. And I'm on trial right now, and this is too much, and I'm yeah, going to faint. I probably, yeah. yeah. Well, and then, of course, her fainting plays into that weak woman 
I mean, they had literally had Victorian freaking fainting couches. Yes. Yeah. So she's playing, oh, a woman shouldn't be put through this. A woman, this is ridiculous. She could have never done this, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, Needs to be protected. Mm-hmm. Isn't, is, yeah. Yeah. And Fragile. she shouldn't have to see this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense team was also able to get the judge to strike the drug clerk's testimony from the record because apparently it was irrelevant and extremely prejudiced, which I don't know how it could be irrelevant. Also, that's very relevant. I was like, I feel like the day before is a little, it's it's a little, little on the nose. It's a little on the nose for it not to be irrelevant. Maybe if it was like six months before. Yeah. But they even argued that the clerk had misidentified um another woman as Lizzie. So they're just like straight up gaslighting this. Oh my God. This poor guy. Like, yeah. And they were also, right. He was like, I was just telling you what I saw, man. Um, they also were apparently able to produce witnesses that had somehow seen her come out of the barn. And if you look at pictures of the house, it seems like there isn't like a big wooden fence. So I guess it could be possible that people saw her come out of the barn, but I don't know. That just seems a little too convenient. Yeah. Um, and again, okay, she comes out of the barn. When? Yeah. At 11.03. Like, is everyone exactly looking at their pocket watches? Right. Moment in time? Exactly. So- like, oh, yeah, around 11. She could have gone in at 10.50, killed her dad, and then, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, ultimately, the jury does rule that um, she was innocent on June 19th, 1893. And again, I have a lot. I, I really feel like it, her as a woman is like the only reason why she was able to Got literally away get away with murder. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also saw that apparently the jury was already decided before they even went in and they hung around in the deliberation room just to make it seem like they were talking about something. I have heard that. Yeah. Um, so she was, she was never going to get, never like the yeah. the public had already decided she's innocent yeah just because you know it's so different from their worldview right yeah you can't comprehend that mm-hmm. so afterwards uh lizzie and her sister emma move into a house together and in, in fall river and lived peacefully for about 10 years also i would not want to live with my sister thinking that she could have killed my dad i know like how could you i even if it's like a suspicion. I know. I'd be like, nah. And also, I know. Like, you had to, there has to be some like sociopathic tendencies or something that her sister would have been you like, know aware of. Maybe the sister knew it was going to happen that's because she, she also didn't like the stepmother. And she left the day. And, and she left for the money. She got the money. Mm-hmm. Maybe she said, I'll look the other way if I get the money. Yeah. Oh shit. So they lived together pretty peacefully for about 10 years. And this is where things get a little interesting and took oh, a turn dear. that I didn't, expect to happen i don't know anything about what you're about to tell me so lizzie meets an actress by the name of nance o'neill oh i didn't know this did you know this i knew this because i didn't know this stewart movie was made about lizzie borden a couple years ago (laughs) of course it was christian stewart (laughs) i never watched it but just from the commercials i was like wait is lizzie borden i like i didn't know much about lizzie borden and i was like oh is she so I was like, yeah, um, I just from the commercial alone, I was like, I didn't realize that Lizzie Borden was like gay. Gay? And then I was like, well, that explains why your 32 how... year old Spencer. I, I was like, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's lining up now. Also, I keep stumbling into these like people I didn't know could be gay. gay. <laughs> yeah. So she meets a woman, by, an actress by the name of Nance O'Neill. 
Lizzie and Nancy or Nance become pretty close pretty fast. So fast that others even at the time begin to speculate if they have a relationship. Mm. So fast that Emma is uncomfortable living in the house with Lizzie. Whoa. And moves away. So Lizzie said, let's just drive my sister away from her fortune. Leave it to me. I think, I mean, I think Emma probably had enough money to go buy another house or something. That's true. But Lizzie, and then I was really frustrated because this is all we really know about these two. The next thing we know is that Lizzie, or that Lizzie dies in 1927. Um. So I was like, what? Like, what's the end of that story? Wait, why are we not talking more about this? Yeah. Um, So that's, that was a, that was a turn I did not expect that to take. Yeah. Yeah. So as I said, Lizzie does die on June 1st, 1927 at the age of 67 from pneumonia. Um, One more thing about the Nancy, or the Nance situation is this does lead to one of the main theories about why lizzie does this other than like your normal like maybe it's for the money maybe it's for they hated this the stepmother yeah all that stuff is maybe she was in a secret relationship with maggie and maggie lied about the clean dress and helped her murder and was and was like i didn't notice a dead body in the room near me mm-hmm. okay i think that might actually be the theory in the kristen stewart movie because i remember like in the commercial just seeing like a maid some colluding and then like them making out i think it was the maid she was probably kissing because she looked younger in the in the mm. film probably not in her later life so maybe it maybe the movie revolves around the theory that maybe she was with the maid yeah maggie. Yeah. You know we're going to have to watch the movie now. I know. I was just okay. thinking, I was like, I need to watch that oh, movie. We're going to watch it anyway. We'll <laughs> yeah. report back to y'all in like yeah. a couple weeks. We'll see. We we'll see. This. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, that's really interesting. And I mean, there's no evidence for it, at least that we know that they were in a relationship. This is all just purely speculation after yeah. the fact, considering the fact that she was so close with this woman named mm-hmm. Nance. Um, so... Yeah, but it does explain things like why there was a dead body for potentially up to two hours in the house and someone who got murdered in the house and the maid just didn't hear it happen. Right. You know? So, yeah. So, essentially, that is a Lizzie Borden story. I do have some more notes to go over, but that is the the bulk of it. The how it happened. That is the story of the Lizzie Borden house. Now, as I kind of talked about before, this is one of the probably biggest stories in American culture around something like this it's almost like american folklore yeah exactly and i think it's because of how sensational it was at the time for mm-hmm. a woman to be accused of these heinous acts it was just unheard of mm-hmm. um and that's you know so it really solidified its place in popular culture so much so the that there's actually a children's rhyme that lasted for several generations after the incident i've never heard this but it does seem like it would stick around so it goes Lizzie Borden took an axe and gave her mother 40 wax. When he, when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41. So that's the main verse that most people know, but there's actually a second verse. Oh, I didn't know there was more to mm-hmm. it. So it goes, Andrew Borden is now dead. Lizzie hit him on the head. Up in heaven, he will sing. On the gallows, she will swing. Oh, that's pretty intense. I mean, both of those verses are like... Damn. They're a lot. That's fire. That is something that a kid would... It's like, you know, when you were like five and you were like, I hate you. You (laughs) You hate me. me. Let's get together and kill Barney. Oh, God. That was not the one I learned. (laughs) You never heard that? That was not the one I learned. Oh, my God. All over my elementary school, we were singing, 
with a baseball bat and it was like with a baseball bat and a da 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 like oh my god now Barney's gone or something like that yeah no it was violent See, and so I am most, not surprised that kids were running around singing this crap my most traumatic one was actually realizing the origin of Ring Around the Rosie well yeah I think every child had that moment of like, oh like my god whoa the plague. oh my god yeah that's just that to me was more like that has lasted that long right like damn. you know that was yeah. a long time ago that, that that happened. Yeah, no, that's, that's true. Um, so the Lizzie Borden house is still currently open to the public and includes most of the original furniture, including probably the couch that Andrew the father was murdered on. And I've talked to you about this before. Yes, we've talked about it we because we were it's on a the little... website when they were uh, yeah. selling it. Uh-huh. And it's, I feel like it's a little distasteful because people will like take pictures in the same position in that his pose. dead body was in. Yeah. And I was like, on the couch that he died on. I know. I was like, they can't guarantee that it's a couch, but it pretty pretty certainly is. Because I think it got auctioned off, and then they basically immediately rebought it. Yeah. Or something like that. And, like, it was... Like, when I read the description, they, like, can't technically say that it's the couch, but it's identical. Yeah. And it... Like, there's only one couch that it could have been at this auction house, mm-hmm. you know? Um, So... So yeah, so I just it's a it's a little I I personally would not take that picture. No, but I, there are people in this world that even if you don't believe in ghosts, you kind of got a issue of respect there. Mm-hmm, exactly. So they're open to the public. They do do tours, but they also until I don't know how they operate now because they were recently sold. I believe it was this year that yes. they were sold and purchased by Ghost Adventures, mm-hmm. of course. Um, yes. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, so from what I understand is that the staff who was there prior to it being sold was a group of people who were really passionate about the story and really cared about the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they ran an Airbnb out of it. So guests were given basically free range of the house during their visit. So they could go anywhere. They could go upstairs, downstairs, as long as they weren't going into someone else's room that they were staying in. Yeah. They could have, they could go anywhere they wanted. Um, did you hear that? That was not audible, right? Was that your shoulder? That was my shoulder. I reached for the scissors. You can move it, right? Yeah, it's working. Okay. I just wasn't sure if you could hear it. (laughs) I heard it. I don't know if the mic picked it up, but... Okay. Y'all know. If you were here last week, you know what happens. Yeah. So the house is currently going undergoing some transitions, but I think the plan is to keep it open to the public. So if you want to go visit it, you definitely can. I have mixed feelings on whether or not I would stay there overnight. I don't think I would. That's a lot of anger. That's a lot of angry entities Mm -hmm. that have met their end in that house. Yeah. And speaking of that... Um, here's a little snippet of what I found just about like the potential haunting of the house, because obviously that's the question there. This is pulled from a website called Boston ghost. So it says reports consist of spectral cats, apparitions, self rocking chairs, and even that Lizzie herself still haunts the home choking guests that lay in her bed. The dining room table on which guests enjoy their meals is where Abby and Andrew were autopsied. Guess who stayed at the Lizzie Borden house? Apparently. Whoa. I don't know if that's true. That's This, this is the only website I saw that I mean, it on. wasn't uncommon. Like, you had to drain a body, and sometimes yeah. the only drain would be in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, oh, that's just more. And, and again, it's that original furniture. And I think most of what they have in the house is original mm. to the family. Because, you know, historic houses usually say we try to have as much original to the family right. as we can. But if it's the same era, it's we'll take as close it. As it gets yeah. Yeah. 
But I think that, like, they pretty much have what they had. I mean, if the house never went straight to public auction or an estate yeah. sale, then it, it might Yeah, I'm not be. sure. I should have looked up, like, what happened to the house after the sisters moved out. Um, but, oh well. So, uh, guests who stay at the Lizzie Borden house have captured photos of strange anomalies floating by their beds, noises coming from inside wardrobes, footsteps, laughter, um... And some men have even reported being touched by an unseen hand while they slept. Men so, specifically? Men. Which is interesting. Hmm. So that is the story of the Lizzie Borden house. Oh. So do we go to the Lizzie Borden house or do we stay away? I kind of feel oh, like we stay away from that one. I don't know. If I was in the like area, it wouldn't be the first thing I went to. I would I would tour it. I would not. I, I would tour it. I stay overnight. I wouldn't stay overnight. No. I, I would stay overnight in somewhere like the Queen Mary. Yeah. Um, well, it's like there are some houses where, like, I think, like, they they can be happy. You know, like, they mm-hmm. can be happy people that are glad their house is but still being... But two people getting brutally murdered. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not a vibe. Mm-hmm. And one thing I forgot to mention is that there is... I'm not sure how true this is, but there is apparently a report that Maggie the maid saw Lizzie on the second floor and heard her laugh. Add some like after Abby would have had to die. So if she was up there, you would have seen her body. I'm not yeah. sure how true that is. Cause I only saw it like on the Wikipedia article. So, you know, like yeah, yeah I yeah. Wikipedia has come a long way, but it's still, but it's still not the one yeah. you go to, to cite your professional mm-hmm. papers. Yeah. I was just really on there to get like, cause no, Wikipedia it. does have like specific information about like how many times they were hit with the hatchet I'll, and well, stuff like also, that. I appreciate the chronology that Wiki will lay out when you're looking mm-hmm. to like, just get the basic understanding of something before mm-hmm. you go find your credible sources. It's so good to just read the wiki. Yeah. And like, cause then you get the full chronology, you get legacies, you get public mm-hmm. media mentions. Like mm-hmm. it, it mm-hmm. is a useful resource. Not going to lie. Okay. Yeah. And so like Kat said, like this, it, this story has been retold countless times, movies, TV, all that stuff. Like this is like American. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is an American. What did you say earlier? American um, folklore. Kind folklore. Of? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, so it's just really been a part of our culture since it happened. But that, like I said, is the story of the Lizzie Borden house. Isn't that? That's crazy. Right? Mm. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty obvious that she did it. I think Liz did it. I feel like it's, there's, there's no, no other viable options. Here. Yeah. And for her to lie that her mother wasn't in the house. For... I, there's no reason that no. she had to lie about that. No. Why would she lie about that if they're going to find the body? Yeah. You know, and if she did get the note, and if Lizzie is innocent, where's the note? Yeah, no one burns a note that says, I'm not feeling well. Come yeah, on, keep me and the fact like, that she literally freaking burned a dress in apparently broad daylight a couple keep, days after. Couldn't keep a story straight. Uh, yeah, something suspicious. Even if she wasn't the one who did the killing, mm-hmm. maybe someone, maybe a man did come in and kill him, but she but had she, to be in on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% think that so. she either knew it was going to happen mm-hmm. or hired someone. She had some hand in it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway, well, I, okay, this episode is only, well, we're not totally done yet here, but it's only 145, so that's shorter than I was expecting it I to be with both of our stories. I was going to end up, like, talking for, like, three hours, yeah, so I'm right? proud of us for keeping it under two. Yeah, I mean, they're both, they both were, like, really good stories to do for this episode, but... They both kind of lend themselves to shorter time yeah. frames. So. But anyway. Yeah. Well, we're glad you tuned in for our spooky season starting. It yeah. Kaylee's My favorite, favorite time of the year. My favorite holiday. Yes. 
Oh, I, I was telling I was telling my roommate because she was like, yeah, she's like, I don't know why all these people in my life like Halloween. She's like, you, my boyfriend, my best friend. And I'm like, it's a cool time. It's and I, I told her, I was like, I think I like Halloween because it's not a pre- it, there's no pressure on Halloween. You can, just, you, just you can just really, vibe yeah. and eat some candy. And that's a great time. <laughs> you don't mess up a present. You don't get someone the wrong thing. or Yeah, you don't have to have, like, that awkward meeting with, like, the relatives you haven't seen in a while. You know, like, yeah. there's nothing of that. It's just good vibes all around. Good vibes. Yeah. <sighs> well, like Kat said, thanks for sticking around. Into our spoopy times. Yeah. Um, it is also Disability Awareness Month. Yes. Um, so... We will be doing a few stories featuring disabled people throughout history mm-hmm. in the coming weeks or moments in disabled or disability history. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will be back with more scary stuff um, for our Halloween episode. So yes, I'm really will. excited about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, until then, you know, if you have stuff you want to hear about, it's a kind of packed next couple of months because after this, we also have indigenous. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like just email us. You email know, us. Tweet at us at yeah. T-I-N-A-H, sorry, T-I-N-A-H-L podcast. Or email us at this is not a history lecture.com. Uh, people who run the Winchester Mystery House. Yeah, hit us up. Hey, Kat, I think Kat's onto something here. I am. Yeah. 100%. And we don't have a very big viewership, so no one's going to know. Yeah, just let us. Let us yeah, it'll be us in between like our like twenty constant will, listeners. Like, thank I you will, guys, by the way, y'all rock. You are amazing. Yes. Yeah. And um, I will crawl through the cupboards in the Winchester house if you would like. This is my offer to you. I'm very flexible. I don't have good joints, so mm-hmm. I can slip and slide through she any can. holes. I've seen it. And I can literally just like get in the crev- like crevices. I don't know, Kat. If I was hearing this, I would offer you the job right, right? now. Right. Like yeah. I will go. I will lay out your blueprints if I can just slither around the hallways mm-hmm. and stuff. You need you. someone to do your blueprints and wear a spooky dress while doing it yeah hire cat i am the all you got to do is let her like live in this house li- live in this house and maybe like you will sew never some things sometime there. yeah yeah supply me with fabric every once in a while and yeah food. she'll be good she'll be set yeah I, it sounds like a sweet gig to me so i think it's the perfect one for me yeah, yeah. match me in heaven exactly. anyway guys until then until then until next week leave us a podcast review on apple Podcasts if yeah. you like what we're doing and yeah if you enjoyed this episode please 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 leave us a review i feel like this was a fun episode yeah every review you leave gives us more motivation to take our road trip to the Winchester gives house. is one more room in the mystery house that they find yes yes, yes. yeah it. until then or until next tuesday Yep. Uh, This has not been a history lecture. Bye. Bye.